Well, good morning. So uh, we are in a series called On Your Mark, Get Set, right? That's the statement the starter makes as he picks the gun up or nowadays in the official Olympics, he's actually got that little horn. Did you know this now? They didn't use a gun anymore because the distance of sound from the moment the guy pulls the gun to the eighth lane, they feel is a little unfair. That's how tight it's getting. They're down to like, I'm sorry, but the sound took an extra, whatever, fragment of a second to get to my ear, and that's why I lost. Yeah, that's that's why I lost too, right? That's, that's a good excuse to always use. But on your mark, get set. The starter uses that statement to say, get ready. The race is about to begin. And I'll tell you, we're moving towards our, our new home, going home. We're going to be there in just a couple of months. And God's doing some huge things in this body. He's preparing people within the community. Uh, it's amazing how he's preparing hearts for this, and they don't even know it. Get ready. God's doing a huge work. We're about ready to begin a race we never knew we had the opportunity and privilege to be a part of. So on your mark, get set. It's all about preparing. Last week, we talked about preparing to partner, and uh, in preparing to partner, we were looking at serving. What did it mean to be plugging in? What did it mean to be connecting and being a part of this body? We went through Ephesians 4, where God talks about not the gift that he gives being an ability, but the gift he gives being you to the church. And at the end of last week, as we walked through and had cards for people to fill out, you know, we had over 350 names come in that were new to serving at Harvest. They're like, hey, I, I want to consider what it means to plug in here. Over 350 names. That's worth some applause. Let that settle. 350. Yeah, it's also worth some prayer. Be praying for the staff because trying to find a spot for 350 people, make sure it all works out, make sure we've got people covered and cared for. God's doing a huge thing as he stirs here and we're excited about it. That's preparing to partner last week. This week, prepare to bless the Lord. Like we need to make sure that everything in our lives is about blessing the Lord. May we lift him up. May we celebrate him. And how do I do that? I'm glad you asked. So turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 10. 1 Chronicles, okay? Yes, Old Testament, not 1 Corinthians. 1 Chronicles, a little bit before Psalms. So turn to 1 Chronicles 29, verse 10. How do I bless the Lord? Point number one, as some of you are turning there still. Bless the Lord. Recognize His majesty and authority and thank Him. You know, we've got ushers who have Bibles in their hands, and if you need a Bible, just raise your hand, they'll get one to you, all right? Just raise your hand, they'll get a Bible to you as we begin to walk through this. But bless the Lord, recognize His majesty and authority, and thank Him. All right, let's start in verse 10. It says, Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Starts out, therefore. And whenever we see the therefore, we say, Yeah, what's the therefore, therefore? So if you're new with us, that's what we say. It's a connecting word. It's a huge word. It means something that came before it of huge import. And so what are we supposed to do because of it? The word therefore, all right? And so what was going on in chapter 28? Well, what's going on is David is stepping down from being king. David is handing over his kingship to his son Solomon. What's more, David, who has been so excited about building the temple, 
is now not going to be building the temple. Instead, Solomon's going to be building the temple. So he's handing over the plans. He's handing over everything God made clear to him. David is stepping down from really what was a dream for him. He's a little bit disappointed about handing it aside, but he's following through with what God's asking him to do. And so David, handing it over to Solomon and calling his people to give, he said, let me give first. And and a couple things that uh, you can look at in chapter 28, we're not going to spend time here, but one little thing he said he gave was 3,000 talents of gold. That's equal to about $5.5 billion today. That's all. That's all he gave. Five and a half billion to like start the seed money for building the temple. And the body responded by giving tens of billions of dollars in gold and silver beyond that. Okay. There was this huge response of giving willingly, freely, excitedly, celebrating, gratefully. And in fact, that's how verse nine ends of chapter 29. It says there, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. With a whole heart, they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. As the temple's now being ready to be built, we step into verse 10. Therefore, are you seeing it? So that's what's going on. Therefore, David blessed the Lord. What does bless the Lord mean? I mean, we hear that phrase a lot, right? It sounds so Christian. Oh, bless the Lord. Right? Like, I have no idea what I just said or what I meant, but it sounds really Christianese, right? Bless the Lord. Hey, the word blessed, actually, in the literal, it means to bow before. Okay, that's what it literally means. In the figurative, it means let's make sure he's shown off. Let's make sure he's worshipped above everything else. Bless the Lord. Nothing gets more attention than you. That's bless the Lord. So David began to worship. He began to show God off. In the presence of the assembly, David said, and now here's his prayer, and it is a power prayer. He says, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Like you are above all things and to be worshipped, Lord, uh, never ending. Forever and ever and ever. For all of eternity, may you get what you deserve, God. Uh, That's a great way to start a prayer. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I want to recognize your greatness. May you be celebrated. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the greatness. You know, that word greatness, it... uh, It's a word that's being used to recognize God's above everything. God is better than everything. God is incomparably superior. That's what he's saying. May we recognize that nobody holds a candle to you, Lord. Your greatness and your power. That without you, none of what's going on happens. Like David is standing there with shivers coming down him as tens of billions of dollars in gifts and giving have been given willingly that his temple might be built. And he says, none of this without you, God, your power is in it all. Your greatness, your power, your glory. You get all the credit. You get all the fame, Lord. You 
are stunning. And in fact, your very presence brings a glory into this place that changes us for a lifetime, right? Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. The glory of the spirit is what changes us from one degree of glory to the next. May your transforming almighty being who gets all the credit be given blessing and honor right here and right now, Lord. Power and glory, victory, victory. You know, sin is defeated. Jesus has won. The cross can be lifted up. We serve a risen Savior, our Redeemer and our King. And all of God's people said, yeah, you're not kidding. Amen. That's who he is. But he's talking about so much more than just the cross here. He is talking about every battle in every life of every day where God is at work with you. Victory. He is talking about his life, his power dumped on you in a way where you can't help but say, God is at work in this. And, and it may not be going exactly like I want. And it may not be, well, let's be honest. I don't like the circumstances at all, right? But God's at work. Victory. That's what we're talking about. Lord, I'm leaning on you and I'm trusting in you and I'm waiting upon you. May your hand moving in my life be stunning for your glory and your fame. Victory. And the majesty. That's what kings have. Royalty. The the privilege of being set apart. Majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Everything, everywhere is God's. Hey, that's a huge recognition point. And the moment we grasp that, it changes everything and how we walk and how we live and how we share and how we think. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. And anything I have You've just entrusted a little bit of your stuff to me for a short period of time. I'm honored, God, and I lean on you and I trust in you. You own it all. Everything, everything is yours. It says, yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted above all. Yours is the kingdom, and we better grasp this. Like Jesus Christ, he is in charge of a spiritual kingdom right now. He is ruling. He is reigning. The victory is won. The price at the cross is paid. Satan is defeated. It's all over. Christ is king. That's who we serve. Amen? We serve a God who has a kingdom where he's reigning over. That's spiritual. But hang on. Because there is a physical kingdom coming. He will rule over it all. Physical and spiritual. Revelation 19, 20, 21. I'm telling you, our God is coming and he will be coming big. When Jesus Christ comes, he will be coming on that white horse. The sword coming from his mouth. The tattoo written on his leg. King of kings and Lord of lords. Ruling and reigning for all of eternity. Jesus Christ, he has a kingdom. That's our God. As he begins to pray, he simply recognizes a few little things about God. Blessed are you, O Lord, because you are the Father for eternity. You have greatness. You have power. You have glory. You have victory. You have majesty. Everything is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. May you be exalted as head over all. And in fact, it says, you are exalted. Know this. 
If you choose to not exalt him, it does not mean he is not exalted. It means you lose out. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like if we don't worship him for who he is, we lose the privilege and the opportunity of interacting with the creator of the universe as he pours out upon us. And I can't explain why, but for some reason when we think of God, we think of a being standing right in front of us who's a little bigger than us. Right? Like, and we're like, God. And, and, and think of it this way. Like picture you, and then you're inside of East Peoria, and then you're inside of the whole county of Peoria, and then you're inside of Illinois, and then the United States, and then the Earth, and then you zoom out from there, and the, we get into the galaxy, and out from there into the universe, and, and God over all of it, and we're back down there, right? And that's us before the Almighty God. David recognizing that God owns everything, and it's all His you are exalted. I'm telling you the number one word in worship that I love to use is the word S-O-O-O-O-O-O-O. He is so huge. He is so loving. I'm telling you, God at work, he is so in this. Our God doing things we can't even imagine, he so has it under control. It is a word that I would recommend you use. Is it a biblical word? No. But it's my word, and I'm telling you, I love the way it brings out the greatness of God. Just try the word with me. Ready? On the count of three. One two, three. So we have a God who is huge. We have a God who is so in charge. We have a God who is absolutely on top, on fire, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's our God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. David knows how to pray. And he knows how to bring it. It says, both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. Uh, anything we have, Lord, we have because of you. Anything we have, Lord, we have because of you. Thank you for sharing with me. It says, in your hand and our power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Anything I have, whether it be energy whether it be riches, whatever it is I go to be about, Lord, you are making this happen. You have it all under control. It's in your hand. I trust you, I love you, and I'm leaning on you. It says here at the end, what would we possibly respond to that God? What is the appropriate response? And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Like that's all that's left to do. Like with God in the room, there's nothing else to do. God's got it under control. Just thank him. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are. Recognize his majesty. Recognize his authority. And thank him with all you've got. That's the first step in blessing the Lord. It's an amazing privilege to be thanking him, to be recognizing the work that he's doing. It truly is a work of worship as you recognize God's hand in your life. And so how come we don't thank very much? Have you ever noticed that, that it's easy to get into thanklessness? It's easy to get into complaining about what's broken rather than talking about what's good. And, and, and so what breaks the thankfulness? And, well, it can be a bad diet. 
Uh, a diet that kills thankfulness. Here's three things in your diet that can kill thankfulness. Ready? Number one, lust of the eyes. You're feasting on what looks good. The lust of the eyes. You're just feasting on what looks good. And you're really looking for the eyes to be driven and, and the mind behind the eyes to be turned by what you see and what you're looking at. You're feasting on just what looks good externally. Uh, number two, the thing that kills thankfulness, the lust of the flesh. Uh, you're feasting on what feels good. It's just pretty much all about what feels good inside and, and outside. And, and so it becomes about moments of eating or, or moments of um, whatever you might be going after physically, chemically, uh, sexually. Be careful. We start going after what feels good. And our thankfulness starts getting stolen because it becomes all about me and the next feel-good experience. So the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is the last one. The pride of life. You feast on what shows you off. But I had plans. And these plans would have made me look good in front of some people. You know what I'm talking about? And all of a sudden, the thanklessness is, God, why did you take that away from me? You don't understand how much that would have shown me off. You have no clue how much I wanted to go after that and achieve that for you, for you, God, kind of for me, too. And all of a sudden, in the midst of it, we get lost. The diet that can kill us, lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh and the pride of life can steal our thankfulness. So my question is, how's your diet? How's your diet? Are you setting aside the feasting that just drives you to self? And are you just constantly referring back to the greatness of what God's doing? When things aren't going the way you exactly wanted, you're like, I don't know what God's doing, but God's got a plan. And so I'm leaning on him. Or are you saying, no, that's what I wanted. I want it this way and I'll stand in defiance until. Right? That's a long stand, just so you know. Be careful. We don't want to just stand waiting for God. Let's make sure we understand where he's moving to and move with him. So thankfulness, that's our job, to wonder at his majesty and be thankful with all we've got. My question is, what's in your way and what needs to be set down? What thing are you setting aside even today, right here and right now? Really think about it, not just chatting up here. What are you getting rid of? That God might get the greater glory in your life, okay? That's number one, bless the Lord. Recognize his greatness and thank him for it. All right. Number two, bless the Lord. Recognize that all you have comes from him and is his. Recognize that all you have comes from him and is his. Verse 14 says, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able thus to offer willingly? David saying, who are we? We're nothing. Remember, he's talking in light of the temple and all the gifts that have been given. He's saying that billions and billions of dollars of giving. And who are we? We are nothing, Lord. You are everything. We stand before you as small. Who am I? What is my people that we should be able to offer willingly? The answer to that question is we're no one. That's what's intended to be said there is uh, nobody. Uh, go ahead. Just turn to your neighbor and say, you know what? I I'm nothing. Go ahead. Hey, it's a real recognition. I'm nothing. Okay? Now turn back and say, yeah, neither are you. 
Go ahead. You can do it. I'm telling you, it's a big deal. We got to recognize if we don't get, I, I'm nothing. And, and really, quite frankly, the guy next to me, nothing. And, and we're going to work through this together. Our God is great and we're small and Lord, take charge. That's what it looks like. God, you've got control. Bless the Lord by recognizing who we aren't and who he is. Notice he says, for all things come from you. Can we be more clear? Like all things come from you. Everything I have from you, God. Uh, Every rich I have, every honor I have, every job I have, every opportunity I have from you, God. All things come from you. And of your own have we given you. Man, let that settle in. Of your own have we given you. Meaning, we just gave $10 billion. That's what David's saying. We just gave billions, okay? And, and we could really be patting ourselves on the back. There's not many nations that give that way to God. Whoo, we're good. Man, we know how to give around here, you know? And, and David's saying, come on, guys, wake up. Everything we just gave him, it was already his. Turn it over and look at the bottom. It says God's. Right? And and it's just entrusted to you for a moment and you're giving it back. Woo, big giving. Right? That's what he's saying. Come on, be careful. The giving we do is not about our greatness. The giving we do is about his greatness. It's all his anyway. He's entrusted to us some and a portion of that we're giving back to him saying, Thank you, Lord, for who you are. I'm in awe. That's what giving is all about. It's recognizing how great God is and how much God gives and who God is and what he owns. All we give is from you. All we're doing is giving back what's already rightly his. And someday it's going back to him anyway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, One way or another, this is getting back to him. And the question is, are we giving it with a willing heart ready to celebrate his greatness? And, you know, this is a good spot for an illustration of our dog, Teddy. Because he always works well for this, and we use him every once in a while, right? So Teddy, he's a great dog. I mean, really, he's very calm, laid back. If you come over to the house, you'll hear him. He barks for about three minutes, four minutes, five minutes maybe, and then he just goes and lays down. And that's our dog, and he's really laid back dog, very calm and easygoing. And, you know, last week I ended up giving him a uh, rawhide. Jonna doesn't know I did this. <laughs> Nobody tell her. <laughs> so I gave him a rawhide, and... and um, you know what, it got to be later on and I realized it was getting noisy and I thought, you know, now's not the time. I'm going to end up taking this away from him and I'll give it back to him later. That was a bad plan. So as I reach down, the dog who loves me so dearly goes, like, dude, do not touch my bone. This is mine now, right? And I'm looking at it and I'm like, what? What gives? Like, I bought that bone. I gave you that bone. Give. Right? We had a little interaction there for a moment. I ended up, I ended up getting the upper hand with it just in the end. Uh, he is a very docile dog, so he ended up laying it over. But I'm telling you, as he spit it out of his mouth, and this is how our dog gives things up, I finally said, Teddy, give. And he goes. And it drops out of his mouth all slimy, and I'm like, oh, I don't want it anymore, you know? It's a, it was a perfect lesson of the fact that even though he saw me as in charge and giving, in the end, quite frankly, 
Yeah, he wasn't having any of it. He had put his name on the bottom. Done. And I'm telling you, uh, I didn't feel very honored in that moment. Uh, Worship. We have a chance to worship God with all we've got. And, And how quickly do we get stuff into our possession and then we're like, mine, mine, right here, mine. And then God's like, hey, how about the... Uh, what is that? What are we thinking about? Like everything is his and, and God's given so graciously and let's be careful with what we're doing with what we own. It's his anyway. Lord, help me to be wise in how I share. Lord, help me to give back to you willingly, graciously, lovingly, thankfully, celebrating you with all I've got. May you get the glory. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Uh, question for you. So what are you clinging to? What are you holding on to and trying to write your name on the bottom of and say mine? Uh, maybe it's a possession. Maybe it's finance money. Maybe it's something else, like a job or a home in that regard. Uh, what is it you're clinging to? That you don't want to let go of. And it's time to say, Lord, I'm done with the battle. It doesn't even necessarily mean he's going to say, yeah, let's move on from that. He might say, that's exactly what I want you to have. But hold it open-handedly. What is it that you can now hold open-handedly that God might get the greater glory? Come up with that thing and decide, Lord, today. I'm handing that over to you. That you might be honored in my life. So first, recognizing his greatness and saying thank you. Second, Simply recognizing that everything comes from his and responding accordingly. Third, bless the Lord. Long to give him your whole heart. Long to give him your whole heart. You know, as you move down through verse 16 there, 15 and 16, there was a challenge that David was making that it strictly be about God. All this abundance that we have is provided from you and it's about you. Verse 17 starts out, I know, my Lord, that you test the heart. All right, and how many just thought, big brother? Like, oh, great, he's testing the heart. Like he's looking inside and peering and it's all about being invaded. And like, that's not what's being said here. This isn't about you better know you're being watched. It isn't that. It's just so you know, you have a shepherd who loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you. And he's working with you and he's helping bring you along. When it says he's testing you, do you think that's because he doesn't know the answer? Let that settle. It's not because God doesn't already know where things are at. It's because he's helping you understand where things are at. Do you see what I'm saying? The testing is about him saying, let me help you understand a little more what needs to be adjusted here. A little more of what you need to let go of. I love you too much to leave you where you are. Here's where we need to do a little bit of work. Thank you, Lord. I'm in awe of your testing in my life. It says, and you have pleasure in uprightness. Like he loves it when we love the things that he's all about. When we're all about holiness and he's all about holiness and, and he's like, yeah, man, that's exactly what I'm about. Right there. You doing that in that way, that so expresses who I am. That is 100% me tagged all over that. God loves when he can look at you and say, that's my girl. That's my boy. 
Like, that's exactly what we're talking about right there. And I mean, I can even imagine there's angels hanging around and he's like, oh, did you check that out? That's my boy. That's what I'm talking about right there. Working in their lives and they're beginning to get who I am. There is a worship that takes place as we celebrate he who is holy by being holy. Live your life in a way that God is honored, not because he's looking and saying, check, got what I wanted, not that, but because you literally are expressing him in your life. It's the honor of saying, I'm a part of your family, God. May you be lifted up. May you take pleasure in the uprightness. In the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. Remember, this is David talking about giving to the temple. And he's saying, the billions of dollars in so many different ways, I'm telling you, I lavished that out, Lord, because of how great you are. I gave it in holiness, in uprightness. There wasn't an ounce of me about me on this one. Lord, I'm handing it over to you because of how great you are. Then David, being the ultimate leader and shepherd, says, And I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. Did you know that this is the job of a leader and a shepherd? To come between the people and God Almighty and represent and say, Lord, I'm seeing things that I'm awed by, that you're at work in their life. And, and my job is to be saying, Lord, I'm seeing awesome things here as people are handing over to you, maybe for the first time, things they've gripped so tightly to. They're beginning to become yours in so many ways. And each individual, Lord, I mean, look at the giving that has gone on in the stewardship campaign. Look at the willingness. Look at the sharing and the spreading of the power of God at work in this place. You listen to our kids on fire. I'm telling you, it's a blast to see God working in this place. And there's times for leaders to drop to their knees and simply say, Lord, I see something here and I'm excited about it for your name and for your glory. That's what David's doing. I so appreciate what you guys are doing for Christ. And my prayer is this. Continue to run with him and run all the more with him. May he rock your world this year like never, ever, ever before. Give him the chance to show you his hand in your life like never, ever before. Oh, you may have seen him work before, but God's ready to do some huge things. Are you ready to worship him as the one who has all power and all authority and all rule in your life? Let's watch God be celebrated in our lives, okay? You know, we talk about giving him our whole heart, giving him our whole heart. And this free offering is huge. Uh, God is not about coercion. Did you know that? I can't tell you how many times I've talked to somebody and they're like, why doesn't God just do this to someone and make them? And, and because God's not about coercion. He's about your heart coming along and the testings will grow you and show you where you need to admit it's rock bottom and I'm done. Lord, I'm time. It's time for me to come back to you. I am yours. That's what he's looking for is a willing sacrifice freely given. David says, verse 18, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our fathers, Keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people. Lord, may it never change. That's what he's saying. 
Lord, may it never change. In verse 19, grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart. Grant to Solomon, my son, a whole heart. Uh, I love this phrase. And in fact, if you go back just a few verses into early 29, he talks about a whole heart and a willing mind. And those two together being this awesome package of worship as you offer yourself up. A whole heart. Question. Who's David? What is he talking about? Isn't this the guy who had the affair? Bathsheba? And then he was like, oh, I'm busted. And so he ends up taking Uriah off to the side, sends him out and gets him killed. And and then he marries her. And this is the guy who's going to talk about whole heart? Hypocrite. What are we talking about here? And Well, let's get this clear. Whole heart does not mean perfect. Whole heart means repentant. You hearing that? Whole heart does not mean perfect. It means repentant. That's why David is called a king with a whole heart. Because he recognized his sin. He stopped where he was. He dropped to his knees and he said, Lord, may it never be again. I am done with that. Please forgive me and I'm running from it. Psalm 51. That's David penning the please forgive me. That's the Lord. I'm so done with sin and I'm so on with you and repentant. That's what it looks like. Whole heart for him. May we have a whole heart for God. Not a perfect. Everybody gets it, right? We make our mistakes. This is not a call to perfection, although we always want to see ourselves growing in him. This is, Lord, help me give up daily that which keeps me from you. Please forgive me, Lord. Please replace. Please bring me to you. Please drop me to my knees. May you be in charge. I'm telling you, your life changes as you get up and get dressed for work. And you're like, Lord, I don't know what's going to go on today, but I'm done acting the way I was acting. No more talking about people at the workplace in a way that damages them and lifts me up. No more trying to manipulate things. No more trying to fit in by using the coarse language or the rough joking or the... I was in the business world for 17 years. I know what you're going through. All right. Like, I get it, and there's a lot that goes on, and it's terrible, and, and, and yet at the same time, you represent Christ. And so, your job is not to call someone who's never met Christ to holiness, not your job. Your job is to call them to Christ. Are you hearing the difference? Your job is to call them to Christ. And I'm telling you, it's going to change your approach to life and living. You do not want to see an unbeliever living more like God, but they don't have Jesus Christ at the center of their soul, missing it completely. And if you're here this morning and you're like, I don't know who he is, and and I don't know if I've given him my whole heart, today's your day. Like, let's put it in stone today. I'm talking, take the stake and nail it into the ground with all you've got today, Lord. I'm yours. What's it take to do that? All right, simply this. We have a God who loves us so much, owns everything, kind of covered that, you know what I mean? We have a God who loves us so much that he laid that down. He became a man, and he came to this earth for you and for me. Not just to hang out for a little while, but to make a sacrifice. His body, his life, his blood shed on the cross for you and for me. And then he rose again from the dead saying, I rule over this. 
And he went and ascended to heaven. Our king sits at the right hand of God Almighty. Sits, meaning the work is finished. We serve a king who's provided a replacement payment. It's simply this, to be a wholehearted person following him. Lord, I believe that you're alive. And I'm trusting in you and your shed blood on the cross. Please forgive me and replace what I owe. I'm done with that. And I'm running after you. I'm all in. I'm whole in. My head, my heart, my will are yours. Take over, God. Whole heart. Uh, It is not... Uh, Fine, you can do that forgive thing if you want to do that. But I am certainly not doing anything you want me to do. That is not saved. Trusting in him with all we've got. You did that for me? Are you kidding? Anything, Lord. I hear you. What do you want from me? Saved. Trust in him. Ask him to forgive you with his shed blood. And watch him rock your world. You know what? I just want to take a moment right here, okay? No better time than the moment and than the present. So let's just bow our heads real quickly here. Not done yet. We still got another point. We're just going to take a moment. Hey, if you have never committed your life to Christ and you're like, today's the day. Like, it's got to happen now. Then you might want to just... Uh, Pray this prayer to follow after him. Trust me, the prayer is not the initiation. It's you handing it all over. The prayer is just you announcing it to him. Lord, here's where I stand. I confess to you, my king. Uh, Just pray this prayer to him, letting him know that you're committing to him. You can pray it quietly where you are. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm in awe. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Lord, I see you as king in my life. Please forgive me and use your shed blood to replace what I owe. Thank you, God, for all that you do for me. I'm trusting in you now. And I'm asking you to make me your child. It's in your mighty name that I pray these things, Lord. And lean upon you. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for a minute. You may have already been in that position where you're like, I have trusted in him. I've, I've gone with him. And well, now's the time to ensure a whole heart. Lord, I'm done with the sin that's been distracting me. Please, Father, take over. You might want to just pray a prayer like that as you hand it over to him now. Whole heart. Sold out in love, God blessed. Just take a moment to worship Him. It's in your mighty name we pray these things, Jesus Christ, because you offer the way to come to you and you are our mediator. We love you, Lord. We're in awe of you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen.
You know what? If you prayed that prayer this morning, if you said, Lord, I'm ready to commit, it's not about some magic words. If you said this morning, God, I'm in, I'd love to hear about it afterwards. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you. Come up, let us know, get a word to us, okay? We want to help you take the next steps with him that God might get the greater glory. Bless the Lord. That's what we're talking about. Thank him. Bless the Lord. Make sure that you recognize that he is the one who owns everything. Bless the Lord. Long to have a whole heart for him. And last, bless the Lord. Give hilariously, sacrificially, and with great gladness. Give hilariously, sacrificially, and with great gladness. Starts in verse 20. Then David said to all the assembly, Bless the Lord your God. I love this. The leader starts out saying, I bless the Lord. Now he's saying, you bless the Lord. You hear it? Like, follow after me. As I follow him, you follow me. That's a leader, all right? Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their fathers, and bowed their heads and paid homage. Lord, may you be worshipped in this place. Give him your everything. And their response in the midst of their worship, it says, and they offered sacrifices to the Lord. And on the next day, they offered burnt offerings to the Lord, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs. Everybody say, that's a lot. Yeah, you're not kidding, man. That's a lot of animals being offered up. With their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all of Israel. They ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great gladness. Verse 9 They offered up their finances with great willingness and gladness. And now, here in verses 20 to 22, they offer up their everything with great gladness and willingness. Lord, you've got me. Whatever I can give, wherever I can give, that you might get the greater glory. May you be honored in all that's going on. Giving, it's a huge, huge part of our lives. God takes giving pretty seriously. I just wrote these words down. Listen to this as I did a little quick search on giving within the, within the whole of the Bible. God asks us to give worshipfully, willingly, humbly, faithfully, generously, regularly, spontaneously. To contradict the regularly, right? Sometimes on a regular, sometimes right in the moment with what's going on. Radically, proportionately, expectantly, thankfully, Cheerfully, These all come right out of Scripture. I wanted to make sure I read them through fast. Let me read them again so you can hear the passage. Might want to write one or two down that that gets uh, your mind jogged. Ready? Worshipfully, Matthew 2.11. Willingly, 2 Corinthians 8.12. Humbly, Psalm 112.9. Faithfully, Luke 16.9-11. Generously, 2 Chronicles 31.5 Regularly, 1 Corinthians 16.2 Spontaneously, 1 Chronicles 29.14 Radically, 1 Kings 17.7-16 Proportionately, Deuteronomy 16.7 Expectantly, Luke 6.38 Thankfully, 1 Timothy 6.6-10 Cheerfully, 2 Corinthians 9.7 Hey, have you ever noticed that we clap when we're taking the offering? You're like, yeah, I think that's weird. <laughs> Just so you know, it's 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Lord, may we give cheerfully. Lord, may we celebrate that we have a chance to give to you. You are our everything. That's what we're talking about. God is the giver. 
May we take that seriously and give like he gives. You're like, well, I'm not even sure how to give. I don't know what to give. I don't know in what way to give. So let's just talk that for a second real practically, all right? Did you know that in the New Testament, no percentage is ever given on how to give? Did you know that? Nothing in the entire New Testament on percentages on giving. So let's be careful on quoting a percentage, but let's also say this on the other side. When God had a chance to put it in law... God chose and said 10%, right? That's what they call the tithe. And, and so giving 10% of what you have coming in, right? And then somebody's like, off the gross or off the net? Right? I'm worried. Right? Let's just do off the gross. Let's say it that way, okay? It's God, may you be glorified. 10% is a great giving start. And, and we see it in the Old Testament all over the place with giving of tenths. But I'm telling you, they gave tithes and offerings. What's the difference? Offerings were those spontaneous gifts, those in the moment for a need, those, hey, we're moving into a building and we're ready to do a stewardship campaign and giving over and above, which so many of you did. And God truly was blessed by this body and has blessed into this body because of it. God at work. Our challenge is simply this. How are you doing at giving? How are you doing at saying if you own everything and it's all about you and you give everywhere and you are awesome and so worth thanking, how are you doing with saying, Lord, may my finances reflect that? It's something to consider. I I find it amazing that when you look in this worship passage and is this not a power worship passage? Finances come up as a part of it. Like, it's a big deal. What we do with our money says a lot about where our heart is. Lord, may I truly be honoring you and and be considering what it looks like to give regularly into this body. And, And I'm telling you right now, we're not in a position where we're in need. It's not that, that's not what's motivating what's going on here. I want you to have the deepest, most passionate walk with him you can have. God's been blessing this place like crazy. Now my question is, where are you at with them? And if it's, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give a little bit of coin so I can get some blessing back. Oh, eh, wrong answer, right? Not to get. Lord, may you just be worshipped as I give. That's where it's at. God, may you be worshipped as I give. My challenge and my request to you is give regularly. Give faithfully of that which you're making. And then consider, Lord, what do you want me to give on the side spontaneously? I see a need. I hear of somebody who's got something going on. Uh, you're moving within the church, and I want to be a part of it. We've had several of you in the last couple of weeks who have said, hey, I'm not a part of that stewardship campaign thing, that going home thing. Can I be a part of that still? Absolutely, if you want to do that. And, you know, if you wanted to give something as a one-time check, you can do that. You just put going home in the memo. Uh, if you want to commit to something more than that regularly, talk to Pastor Kent uh, or get some word into the office. We can certainly work through that. We just want to make sure you are worshiping your king. Are you hearing me? That you are worshiping your king. That's what it's all about. Uh, I got to tell you, finances are a touchy topic. Not for God. All over the place he's dealing with it. Let's just be real. That's where your heart can be tested the most. Lord, I'm ready to worship you. I'm ready to worship you with my lips as I thank you. I'm ready to worship you in my actions and my heart as I live out a whole heart for you. I'm ready to worship you in my finances. Lord, I want to bless you. You are my everything. 
I have nothing without you. I have everything with you. You are my everything, Lord, and I worship you here and now. That's what it looks like to bless the Lord, to bless the Lord. So I have one question for you. Are you ready to bless the Lord? Are you ready to bless the Lord? Looking for an audible. Always looking for an audible. You can talk in this church, right? Are you ready to bless the Lord? That was weak. Are you ready to bless the Lord? Amen. Let's go after it. Let me just close in prayer with David's power prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. It is in your hand that are power and might, and in your hand it is to make great and to give strength. It is you, Lord, who are absolutely stunning. We give thanks to you. Lord, you are our everything. It is in you that we have all that we have. From the breath we breathe to the families we have, we celebrate you, Lord. May you be lifted up in this place. And it is in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen.